As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, thanks for coming back to the Civilized Barking Podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. We are nine days from the draft, ten days from when it starts for the Browns. Um, just going to go over some news items, get to some questions, kind of catch you up. There will be at least one more pre-draft, um, see what kind of draft experts uh, we can get on, and we'll see what happens. So this morning, it's Tuesday morning as we record this. This morning, the Browns' formal off-season program started, uh, off-season workout program. It's voluntary. Uh, but the team expected strong attendance. They tweeted a picture out of Deshaun Watson um, coming in. And, and, you know, Kevin Stefanski, I think, believes there's value in, in having it because he hasn't had a normal offseason uh, because of COVID and because of the, the boycott last year. So, um, you know, they're not on the field for actual practice until May 25th, which is a long time from now, especially when you look outside and it's snowing. Here in Ohio, but, uh, you know, they go through – it's just about team bonding and meetings. And and the big thing I keep coming back to is continuity. You know, you – the team should benefit from decisions to installation to coaching, knowing what they want, to drafting guys, to keeping the right guys at the middle and bottom tiers of the roster. It should – everything should be easier because they've been through this. Because finally, for the first time in forever, this team isn't completely starting over every offseason. So they're they're starting over with the pass game. They still don't have a kicker or a punter, right? I know they signed one. You heard me right. They still don't have a kicker or a punter. Um, but, you know, little things picking up where they left off should help. It should help the offensive line get back to being one of the top groups in the league. It should help the defensive communication. You know, even as there's still some questions about Clowney coming back and who else is going to be on the D-line. and You know, are, are guys like Grant Delpit and Jacob Phillips ready to take a leap? So we'll see. Um, they're deep at corner. I feel like they have a quarterback good enough. You know, it's the best run game in the league. It's one of the best offensive lines in the league. And and it's, it's a team that didn't go 500 last year, but is running it back with like, 25 of its top 30 players in terms of playing time, production, salary, all of that. Um, they'll miss J.C. Treader. Nobody's going to miss Austin Hooper, right? Maybe blocking in the run game, you're going to miss him. 
Um, the Denzel Ward extension, we'll get to that in a minute. You know, it looks like they hit a couple of doubles, if not home runs, in the draft last year in JOK and Greg Newsom. And, and the, look, the Browns feel good about their offseason. They feel great internally uh, about their offseason and, and bringing in Deshaun Watson and bringing in Amari Cooper. So we'll see. There's some uneasiness. We know that a potential suspension is looming. We know there's a lot of moving parts, and there might be some lingering feelings about what went on here. Um, they still have Baker Mayfield under contract and therefore on the salary cap. I mean, quit the shit with, with what you hear on TV. Baker Mayfield is not coming back in the building. He's not playing for the Cleveland Browns anymore. I cannot believe that, that NFL Network is saying that there's a chance or, or whatever. We'll see how that goes. But he he and the Browns are done. Um, and, and we'll get to that in a minute too. But, you know, like I said, there might there's some uneasiness and some uncertainty. Um, you know, they needed help on the D-line. They signed a backup from the Jaguars. Okay. Um, who's going to be the number two receiver? What does Amari Cooper have left in the tank? You know, they're counting on a lot. I mean, Amari Cooper has been a super productive player in this league, and he's certainly the number one receiver on this team. Is he the number one receiver good enough to help you get where you want to go? So we'll, we'll find out in the coming months. Um, certainly nothing that happens in the spring is going to indicate that, but the Browns looked at the wide receiver market, and, and they made this move. And in the short term, it looks like a great move. Look at the wide receiver market. Right, and, and how it exploded, and then we'll just see how it pans out. Um, the Denzel Ward extension, positive all around, right? It's something the Browns had long prioritized and wanted to get done. It really heated up over the last month. And as I said and wrote, it was just a matter of timing. You know, obviously, they the Browns have spent big, 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 uh, more more caps, more explanation, exclamations on that this offseason, and it was just a matter of, of the timing. On that, because Denzel was under contract, he wasn't going anywhere, and, and the team was intent that he was never going anywhere. I think Denzel was too. So you get that done, and you lock up your number one corner. And again, you you have another guy, a guy playing next to him, uh, a young guy in Greg Newsom, who you also feel really good about. And you have your defensive cornerstones. You know, you drafted in back to back years, Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. They're still in their prime. Denzel doesn't even turn twenty five until the day the draft starts next week. Feel really good about that. Um, one other news item, if you even want to call it that, because of the Brian Flores lawsuit, the Browns are, I guess, being investigated for tanking. Nothing's going to come of that. Um, Hugh Jackson is full of shit and always has been full of shit. It's been proven eight times over. And, you know, as far as that, I mean, guys, when they put Sashi Brown in charge of the team, he went to a press conference and he said, yeah, I just started watching film. <laughs> like the guy who's in charge of the roster, he just started watching film. And then, like, seven months later, he went and said, yeah, we're going to be a competitive team. So the Browns weren't intentionally losing games. They were – Browns were clueless. And the Haslams have admitted as much. So I wouldn't sweat that. And it's stupid that it even becomes a news item. But, but again, like, you look at the roster, it's never going to be complete. You're never going to feel good about – or great about nine areas. But I think in Jakeem Grant, the punt returner, kick returner, and obviously Deshaun Watson and Cooper um, – you know, in in getting Ronnie Harrison back for that three safety defense, um, you know the Browns feel good about where they are. And at forty four, and this is the best. You know, the draft is next week. This is the this is the buzz item. Um, it's pretty clear they need help at wide receiver. It's pretty clear they need help across the defensive line. You know, it's a long way to wait. So you don't want to. It'd be a waste of all of our time to go too much into it. Um, guessing who is and isn't going to be there, and who's going to trade in front of them, and what it's going to look like. We know what they're 
priorities are. Um, they have done the work on the draft like they normally would. Obviously not having a first-round pick this year or the next two years, it changes a little bit. But you still grade the players, rank the players, talk through your priorities. Again, this is where continuity should matter because you should get really good input from your position coaches, from your coordinators, um, from the guys who sit at the front of the draft room and look at how they've drafted in the past, evaluate themselves, evaluate the roster with you know, having been here for two years and played a lot of big games and seen what they've seen. So all that should should be good. Um, I would lean probably defensive and defensive line over wide receiver, but I don't know. I think George Pickens from Georgia is a name to know. I think Calvin Austin, little guy from Memphis, is a name to know. Um, I know Dane Brugler, our draft expert, who's done a really good job. He mocked in his full seven-round mock last week. Logan Hall, the defensive lineman from Houston. I'm not sure Logan Hall is going to get to 44. Uh, I think he's not, but Dane Brugler knows a whole lot more about that stuff than I do. Um, The appeal of a Logan Hall, of a Josh Paschal from Kentucky, who you've seen me mock and seen me write about and stuff. These are big, sturdy guys who are 280 pounds-ish, 6'4-ish, 6'5-ish, look the part, um, defense events, who can who can move inside. In the modern defense, you just don't play base defense. Um, so there's not too many guys on the on the planet who look like Jadavian Clowney who can do what Jadavian Clowney can do. And obviously pairing him with Miles Garrett is scary. And the way those guys explode and pursue and can be moved around and can feed off one another um, still has to be a priority. I'm not sure what's going on. I wish I could tell you exactly what's going on. I still think it's probably 60, 65% clownies coming back to the Browns. But, you know, as you evolve um, with your defense and as you get in situations, and look, part of re-signing Ronnie Harrison was not only a lack of draft picks, and you're saying we're not going to get into the young safety business in the first 110 picks of this draft, but you're saying we plan on scoring. We plan on playing with the lead. We plan on needing a lot of defensive backs for 17 games, for 20 games, right? Um, And that's a lot of pass rush opportunities. So that's why I think you saw the team sign Stephen Weatherly, another veteran defensive end who will kind of compete for playing time with Chase Winovich, um, who came in in the Mac Wilson trade. Always got to be restocking your pass rush group, and, and that's what the Browns are doing. I mean, they looked. They had Clowney. They had Garrett. They had no one else. Tack McKinley was really good. In exactly the role that he was designed for last year, he tore his Achilles. There's really no nobody else behind them in the rotation, so they needed to restock that. That will continue. Um, you know, they've added Tavon Bryant to the uh, defensive tackle group. They brought back Sheldon Day, who gave him some quality minutes last year. And we'll see. You know, are Jordan Elliott and Tommy, Tommy Togiai keepers? We're going to find out. So, you know, the Browns as a whole kind of move to this next phase of, in the first two years, they were – making logical and sound moves and not to say that there wasn't huge risk in anything because there's always risk in in the nfl and in football and this you know high pressure high stakes high money and highly volatile environment but they needed some tackles they got some tackles they had money to spend right they needed to upgrade they needed to remake the defense last year they brought in nine guys um, who helped them remake the defense and by the end of the year the defense was playing really well so now it's out on the limb. Now it's the huge trade for Deshaun Watson. It's the huge investment in Cooper. You know, it's moving on from Landry and Treader, um, guys who you knew what you were getting every single day, right? And and plugging holes internally and externally. Um, the Browns are going to be active, guys, in free agency after the draft, right? Like teams. You know, older players on other teams are going to get replaced by cheaper 22-year-old labor, and the Browns are going to look. Um, the Browns are still thinking 
at 44, 78, and 99, and, and that, that will change a little bit. You know, they're thinking they're getting players who can help immediately. In the back end of the draft, they'll be adding to the pipeline. But again, here comes that continuity word. The pipeline should get easier because um, this team has built some real offensive line depth. You know, it's built some real corner depth. Those are important things. It needs to rebuild its pass rush depth. You know, we'll see what happens at tight end. Um, we'll see how the offense evolves, probably away from the three tight end look. But you still keep three or four on your roster because you need them. And those guys play special teams and they block. And it's hard to find those guys. So, Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a... Real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Um. You know, from from an external standpoint, on Wednesday we're going to hear from Kevin Stefanski and some of the players, probably a lot of the new players, um, formerly in Berea. You know, as they talk about the start of the offseason program, about the team's moves, I'd imagine they'll introduce Amari Cooper because they haven't done that yet. I don't know if it'll be Watson, and we'll actually talk football with him, but we will see. Um, you know what happens with that? I would assume it'll be Jacoby Brissett. One of those guys. And then Friday, Andrew Barry will hold his pre-draft press conference where he's supposed to talk about the draft, but we'll actually say, you know, absolutely nothing. So, um, you know, maybe there'll be an update on Clowney or on Baker Mayfield, but like Andrew Barry is saying we're, we're fine with where we sit and it's just not the case. There's no leverage in Baker Mayfield. There's no market for Baker Mayfield. And he's costing the Browns 18.86 million on their salary cap. So eventually the Browns are going to have to seed something, um, eat some of that contract, give up a late round pick and move along. And, and we'll see how that goes. His money's fully guaranteed. So you cut him, you swallow it all minus what would be a minimum contract coming the other way. Um, <laughs> that's, that's 18 mil now, whatever um, we will see as far as Baker doing the podcast, Baker's Baker. Um, if you've listened and read here, I've been telling you guys for months, exactly who he is, what he is and how this was going to go. As far as him getting replaced, I was not, outraged, nor was I surprised by anything that he said on the podcast. I kind of understand why he did it to get his side out. 
I thought in some ways it was actually smart of him to address it before he goes on and does his um, statue ceremony at Oklahoma this week and before the draft comes. He's not going to, there's nothing he could have said and done or that he did say it was going to change any league wide perceptions of him. You know, I don't think he, he said anything inflammatory or whatever. Of course he feels disrespected by the Browns. Like, of course he does. He was a starting quarterback here. He was the number one pick here and he got replaced, you know, um, did he get himself replaced by sucking last year? Yes. Was it all his fault? Absolutely not. But again, the Browns looked and said, this guy is never going to be good enough to get us where we want to go. We need to make an upgrade. They looked at all their options. They made a highly bold and controversial move. They feel like it's a tremendous upgrade. It is a tremendous upgrade. How it all shakes out, none of us know. But the Browns made a $230 million bet that it's going to work. And I guess maybe $249 million um, in terms of what they're swallowing with Baker and move on. And, and we'll see how that goes. But that chapter is closed for the Browns and for Baker. And, you know, everybody got a few headlines and a few tweets out of it, right? And that's it. So we'll see how how it moves along. Maybe Carolina takes him. Maybe Seattle still takes him. I don't know. I, I do think eventually a market will develop and the Browns will, you know, make a trade in which they save themselves some money or maybe acquire some pick or some, you know, backup player. It's something. But teams just, you know, right now every team is looking and saying, hey, our tight end room, we we don't feel great about our three tight end. We don't feel great about our four linebacker, about our fourth safety slash emergency corner slash, you know, six special teams player. Well, those guys, that's why you scan the waiver wire every day. That's why you work hard, beat the bushes for undrafted free agents and, and in the free agent market that will, you know, a small one at least that will develop after the draft as teams go younger and cheaper. But a quarterback, it's different. You, you treat your quarterback room with such a different level of attention and care and a pecking order and an adulthood, <laughs> um, you know, leadership traits and work ethic traits and everything you want in there. So Baker Mayfield is a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's a starting caliber quarterback who's won games and who's played well. He's put some really good football on tape. You know, he's had consistency issues, accuracy issues, maturity issues, all of that. He's better than a lot of guys. Eventually some team will want Baker Mayfield to play for him. But when you look now at the landscape, the contract, the only one year, the money, how teams have gone about their quarterback rooms, of course he doesn't have a job. Of course he doesn't have any leverage, and neither do the Browns. So we'll see. Um, it's going to be the long game, you know, with that. So, you know, I kind of expect the Browns to draft a kicker. I no longer expect them to draft a punter after signing Corey Borquez. Um, they had already added Joseph Charleston. That looks like the competition. So we'll see if they don't draft a kicker. It could be like last year where they wait to pounce on someone else uh, who becomes available because a team does draft a kicker. I think Cade York of LSU and Gabe Burkich of Oklahoma, who's a Cleveland area kid, uh, will get drafted. You know, I think Cameron Dicker from Texas and from Baker's High School will sign somewhere to compete. Um, I think a couple other guys are of interest there, but it's a it's a pretty light group, and York is the headliner. It's a deep punter group, so maybe. I just think, guys, I think a lot of the Browns' priorities changed when they gave up these extra picks, uh, and that's why I think you saw Ronnie Harrison come back before the draft to make sure they got him. I think that's why you saw Borquez come in in, in early April um, you know, to make sure the Browns had him is at least a guy who's done it and they can count on. Special teams have to be a lot better. <laughs> they just do. And that's why you spent the money on Jakeem Grant so he can be a part-time offensive player 
and stabilize your return game, at least give you some pop, make teams work. Um, they're not the only, the Browns aren't the only bad special teams unit in the league. You can capitalize, but man, if you're going to get there, you need to make your kicks. And if it was easy to find Evan McPherson like the Bengals did, drafting him not top 150 picks last year, then everybody would do it every year. So I'm curious to see if that pushes up Cade York's value or not. Um, we all know the Browns have been on a kicker odyssey since Phil Dawson left. Uh, shit going on 10 years ago now. And that's not good. You, you need to have a guy you can count on. And that's not just because you play in bad weather. These are going to be close games. And one of the reasons the Browns moved on from Baker is they knew he wasn't going to get it done in close games. And one of the reasons they're disappointed in Chase McLaughlin and back in the kicker market is that he had a really bad finish to last year. So um, we will see how that goes. Let's get to a couple asking Jackson questions here. Um, just tackle them before we get out of here. Let's see. I have to scroll. I asked for a lot of mock drafts in that article is coming question from Nicholas. Every year there's a surprise player that drops out of the first round and is available in the early second. Who do you think could be this year's JOK? Well, Nicholas, it's a good question. It's an interesting one. And certainly if you could find a JOK every year, teams would be scrambling to get into that middle of the second round range. Right. Um, it's hard. This is a very unpredictable draft and you know, the, that's me um, from having listened to and read a lot of people who are experts on this draft. I enjoy studying the draft. I enjoy going to the senior bowl in the combine and I know a little bit about it, but let's just be honest, especially with the Browns being out of the first round, I have not put the level of detail into the draft um, that it would be. I hear Daniel Jeremiah, one of the preeminent guys say he likes the first 20 edge rushers in this draft. That's probably good for the Browns. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, Logan Hall was impressive at the Senior Bowl. A guy who really kicked everybody's ass at the Senior Bowl was the, the UConn defensive tackle, Travis Jones. So I think the Browns would probably prefer to take a higher value position. I don't think they value defensive tackle the way they value edge rush or wide receiver, and we'll see. Um, but I, I wouldn't rule him out there. You know, it's just hard to say who who is going to drop that far. I, I read a mock the other day that had eight or nine wide receivers in the first round. Now, George Pickens wasn't one of them. But obviously, that would probably lead the Browns to to going defense. Um, they Andrew Barry doesn't tell us the truth on much, but I think he's was pretty clear that last year the Browns didn't think that they were going to get JOK, and then when he dropped to a certain point, they were able to scramble and get a deal done. So, can that happen again? Sure. Do I fully expect the Browns to trade out at some point on Friday and not draft at forty four, seventy eight, and ninety nine? I absolutely do, but. I think the most important draft meeting the Browns are going to have is the one that's going to be about midnight Thursday after the first round when they regroup and reset their board. And if I tried to project um, any more than I've said, I'd be lying to you because I don't think they know, you know, until that meeting actually happens. So. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, question from Dave. Here's an asking Jackson for you. Which second or third year Browns player makes the biggest 2022 leap? My bet is Grant Delpit only if because now he's fully recovered from his Achilles injury. I think the defense would love for it to be Grant Delpit. Um, we know he's had a rough go of injuries. He hasn't really had a training camp. He was thrown in. You see the ability. He's big. He's fast. 
He's instinctual. We haven't seen great football from Grant Delpit. So with the full offseason and with health, might we? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there was a lot of optimism, you know, for him. I think they need to see a big season out of Jedrick Wills. Um, you know, you drafted that guy in the top 10 and you need him to take a leap. He's still just going to be 24 or 23 maybe um, this year. You know, he was learning a new position. Nobody expected him to be the next Joe Thomas. But, you know, this is Jack Conklin's last year, and and you would like to know who your tackles are going to be. They feel good about James Hudson and continuing to develop him. He was always a multi-year project. And obviously last year um, the offensive line and the offense as a whole struggled when they had to go to the young tackles. And Blake Hans was playing out of position, and James Hudson was playing way ahead of schedule. So uh, that was bad. So both those guys need to be better, but, you know, as far as you asking about a w- young player, Wills. Um, Harrison Bryant's going to have a lot of opportunities. He is, and he's solid. Uh, and I think the Browns don't ever think that he's going to be Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, but they like him. They like the way he blocks his ass off, the way he is always in the right place. Um, he could be a player that helps. But, you know, Jacob Phillips, too. He's had injuries, and – you know, it's time. It's this year. Anthony Walker is here to be a leader. Anthony Walker's not a very good player anymore. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that, but he's here to lead and get those guys ready to help JOK unleash his potential and get Jacobs Phillips ready to play. And if Jacob Phillips doesn't stay healthy and produce this year, then he's a waste of a draft pick. And that's bad. Um, Andrew Barry's first first draft class and first free agent class are very much on trial. Hooper's already gone, right? So um, we will see how that goes. Um, a question from way back in early April about who's on the radar at defensive end if Clowney walks. You know, they brought in um, Weatherly, as I mentioned. You know, if they do go with a rookie and Clowney doesn't come back, I think you could see the Browns go after Jerry Hughes, a former first-rounder who's been around forever. He's not an every-down player anymore. I think he's 33, but he would be like a really good mentor and spot player, you know, for them. Um, even if Clowney does come back, you're going to see continued investment in that D-line, in that edge rush group. And and when you're in the position the Browns are in, and I, and I get like this is all clouded by the potential suspension and four or six games is a big deal, and obviously no games would change it too, especially for an offense that's going to need time to find itself. Like they're in go-for mode. So, you know, I think sometimes on Twitter and, and whatever, we have every free agent you think, oh, yeah, this guy fits. But, you know, you're going to be scouring that. And it's not just after the draft when guys get cut for cheaper labor. It's you get into June and, and teams, you know, go through this OTA stuff and they see young players ready to step up. They see old players who are disgruntled and they're ready to move along. So I think one of the most fascinating things about this draft is, you know, the Browns still have seven picks, but three of them are in the 200s. So they really have four picks, right? They have four picks between 44 and 118 that you can expect anything from. Next year, they still have a third rounder uh, from the Quasi to the Vikings thing, but they gave up their third rounder. So what goes on as far as adding extra picks and where the priorities are? And I'm going to dive into, you know, where they've picked number wise the last few years. Um, Howie Roseman, who's Barry's close friend and mentor in some ways, what he's done and and see where they really want to be. I was talking about this last week or last night, I think, on one of the Twitter spaces I jumped on. A few years ago, I think it was Patrick Bunkley. I don't know. Anyway, the Ravens and Eagles made a swap like 10 days before the draft. And it was a player and say a six for a late third rounder, like say it was pick 88. And that right then told me like 
that those teams saw that there was 90 players in this draft, right? And they wanted to get there. So we'll see. I, I don't expect Andrew to give up even an iota of information, but, you know, g- getting to where you want to be and judging how the board is going to go is it's an important skill. And it, and it really, um, you know, teams boards are just so much different than what you see in the media and, and what gets passed around Twitter, even by those who know the most because teams have different needs. Teams have different grading systems. Teams have different schemes and teams have teams are privy to injury and background information that we're flat out not. So, you know, does he trade off a 44 move back and pick up an extra fourth? Um, does he trade off 78 and get a three for next year? You know, another one. And, and then a, f- a five this year, which they don't have for Amari, like, this is a pretty deep draft. It doesn't seem to be a top-heavy draft, but it's a deep draft. It's some of that the COVID class is a part of that, and some of that is like nobody's taking these tight ends in the first fifty picks, but there's going to be a run on them at some point. You know, if the receivers go early, and if there are twenty pass rushers worth having, then teams are going to come get them. You know, when are the teams going to come get these quarterbacks who stink? By the way, but you need to have one. You need to have more than one. Um, you know, when, when is that going to go? Are teams going to be moving into the back end of the first round and push first-round prospects down towards the Browns? Are teams maybe going to be jockeying and the Browns could trade down six spots on Friday night, pick up something else, and somebody else wants one of these bad quarterbacks. So we'll see. Anyway, thank you guys for listening, sticking around, reading. As always, um, there will be at least one more podcast, as I mentioned before, next week's draft. Got a lot of written content coming your way and uh, Brown's availabilities this week is we're back underway. So it's the football off season is here. The draft is here. Um, it was just a month ago yesterday, officially that the Browns traded for Watson. I've aged a year. Maybe you have to. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.